even with his lack of a win currently, if you're ever going to bounce back, this is the year. And it's simply because no one has a huge playoff point advantage. Surprisingly, 17 weeks in, even winless, I think the opportunity is still out there. Hey, race fans, welcome into Backseat Drivers. I have two of my favorite people here on the table from NBC Sports. A late night for him in the booth, by the way, and still made it here this morning, Steve Letart, and then our resident analyst, Mamba Smith, and we're going to break down Nashville, but uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but our race fans have now been given uh, the opportunity to text us. You can text, uh, there are several, cool. I think you have a name that we can text too, that you can keep up with Steve and Mamba and all the gang here on Backseat Drivers, but the number is 31032, so... Uh, Bug the crap out of these two, okay? We, listen, I love the fans. Yeah. Text me. It's going to be great. Holla at your boy. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, we obviously saw the 2020 champ and NASCAR's most popular driver, Chase Elliott, make his return to victory lane the second time for the 2022 season. But uh, the call that changed everything, it looked like it may have been the 18 or the 19, and Joe Gibbs <laughs> Racing was going to kind of turn the corner after having a struggle day at Sonoma and maybe get a win at Nashville. But a late race Hit decision really changed the game up there. Chase Elliott obviously stayed out. Alan Gustafson made the call to not bring him down to pit road, but Joe Gibbs Racing and pretty much the rest of the field came <laughs> down pit road. So, Steve, let's start with you on this one. Watching it in the booth, your crew chief hat goes on. What were you thinking when uh, basically the whole field came down pit road? Well, I was shocked that the numbers pitted. You know, Rick poises the question to me, hey, would you pit? And I was very hesitant because tires didn't seem to be a huge value in Nashville. So I thought staying out was the right answer. And I think that was perhaps easiest for Chase Elliott because he had the lead and you don't want to give up the lead. I was surprised, though, more teams didn't stay out. Tough decision for Joe Gibbs Racing, but it's really the mid-pack guys. There's a lot of guys that just had okay days. I mean, why not gamble? Don't be afraid of success. Go up front. Uh, it's easy to Monday morning, Joe Gibbs Racing's decision. I've been in those decisions. I've made more than my fair share of wrong ones. I was shocked, though, that someone of the Joe Gibbs camp, one of those three cars, didn't opt to start on the front row. The front row Mamba is like the holy grail of restarts. That's where you want to be. Kurt Busch got the opportunity from sixth. That means that both the 11, the 19, and the 18 came to pit road. We heard after that Truex, I think there was a little miscommunication. Maybe he should have stayed on the racetrack, but either way, they pitted. I mean, it's easy to say wrong decision now, but I was shocked somebody didn't take the front row. Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a crew chief. It never was a crew chief. There's a reason for that. And I'm not going to Monday morning crew chief this thing. But don't you want the opportunity to go get the win and duel with the nine because if you're a mid-pack guy and you have had a mediocre day and you get to row two or three and you give whoever's in front of you a nice shove and maybe some things happen and you can skirt on by and maybe steal one um, so I was surprised that that didn't happen and no one wanted to take that opportunity but I do want to ask you mentioned a little bit about Truex and their little miscommunication I feel like we're at this point now where we do these code words for <laughs> pit Coming down pit road. Yeah, yeah, like we're doing. And a switch to M&M's, yeah, which I was like, yeah. So, like, maybe just, hey, bud, come come down pit road. Well, that's Dale and I's joke in the booth all the time is Dale and I, we had a code word as well. If I wanted to come to pit road, I would tell him to pit. <laughs> and if I wanted him to stay out, I would say, hey, don't pit. Stay on the racetrack. I do believe these drivers are being tested more than ever. Not just the temperature, not just the car and how difficult it is to drive. Now we're asking them to shift. What they're doing behind the wheel is, is taking more of their input than it ever has in the past. 
And I do believe, to your point, we're, we're getting to the point where, um, you know, maybe clear communication should win over hiding the, the you know, the code words or what you're planning yeah. on doing. Because, you know, maybe it's changed, but if these other crew chiefs are being able to make their own decision, consume what everyone else is doing, and make their adjustment on the fly, that is a lot to ask somebody to take in. So, yes, I would prefer just... Tell me if we're coming down pit road or not and how many tires we're putting on it. But, uh, hey, listen, we could talk about Gibbs all we want, but the flip side is it saved Ryan Blaney's day, yeah. uh, made Kurt Busch's day better. So, you know, for everyone who did pit, there were some that stayed out, and they had great finishes because of it. We have had Hot Dog, 4th of July, Abraham Lincoln, Tennessee Titans, Dolly Parton, Shania Twain. Steve, P-I-T, pit. I like it. P-I-T. All right, well, it was a good day, however, for Joe Gibbs Racing. They showed a lot of speed in all four cars. Christopher Bell was up there, which obviously he's had some speed over the last couple of weeks. But then at one point, they were running one, two, and three on the racetrack. So following Sonoma, I have talked to Denny Hamlin, one of the drivers out of that camp, and it's it's been all about consistency for them, which they haven't been able to find. So is this a disappointing day following Nashville that they didn't get the win? Or is it kind of an optimist day for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and maybe can turn the corner, Mama? Uh, for me, I'm optimistic for them because I've been on this show a bunch of, throughout the beginning of the year, be like, I'm worried about Toyota. I'm worried about Toyota. I'm worried about Toyota. I am not so worried about them anymore. Uh, the 45, the 23 showed speed. The JGR cars are showing speed. Their, their speed is becoming consistent, and they're turning it at the right time of the year right before you make the playoffs you're making your big playoff push this is the time you want to be fast and you want to be able to execute they still got to work on that execution part a little bit but it's a lot easier to do that when you're not trying to make your car go from a 20th place car to a 10th place car all four in the playoffs all four of the gibbs car uh i don't think so no okay interesting um so optimism is had at Jacobs Racing and TRD if you're responsible for pace. If you're the engineer working on the aero balance, working on the handling, working on the tire information, tip of the hat. You gave those race teams, those drivers, those crew chiefs a great foundation to go have a great day. The struggle is be careful what you wish for. What Joe Gibbs Racing has is a fleet full of spectacular race car drivers, two are champions. One is a future Hall of Famer, even if he doesn't have a championship with Denny Hamlin for that reason they're not going to look at how fast they were. They're going to look at how fast they were, and then yet they didn't win. So I think this is going to be a disappointment, and that's a positive. I, I, I know this sounds weird. Everybody should look at the glass being half full. <laughs> not in this sport. It's not easy. It's not intramural football. I say this all the time. You can't be okay with being beat. You can't be okay with being outrun. Whether it comes on a pit call, whether it comes on slow race cars, doesn't matter. You know, the front page in the newspapers, the stories, the back page of the sports section, what matters, that's the results. And the results are they didn't win. And... It was an impressive turnaround. It was impressive speed. But I guarantee if you call up one of those four Joe Gibbs racing drivers today, they're not going to tell you how great they ran. They're going to tell you how they didn't win the race, crew chiefs alike. So um, I, I appreciate your optimism, but optimism isn't going to get you into winning more races in the playoffs. I think it's okay to be disappointed, right? You don't want to point yeah. the finger and blame, but it's okay to not be happy losing. I know that's unpopular. It is okay that and uh, that's what makes great athletes. I think if you look at two guys that had really good weekends, you know, looking across the board, Kurt Busch, right, finished second, and you watch his interview, he's really disappointed himself for not laying a fender to the nine or not maybe taking more of his racing space up. 
Zane Smith in the truck race, the same thing. He finished second. He's had a great year all year, and he's still kicking him. He's way overperformed, and he's still kicking himself over second place. So, you know, losing is not fun. And you're always the optimist. I am, but losing still sucks. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's continue the talk of one of the Toyota drivers. Bubba Wallace was not happy in Nashville. If you were listening to his radio or saw any of the chatter that was going on on the scanner over there for the 23 team, woof, because it was just a really long night. Uh, I can't exactly say what Bubba said, but I'm going to paraphrase. He basically told his crew chief, Booty Barker, don't talk to me the whole race. Which Booty then replied, well, I'm still going to talk to you. So uh, what was going on with Bubba in the 23? So there's two sides to this coin. Uh, the first side, I'm going to defend Bubba, that this issue on pit road for the 23 is not a one-week thing. Bubba didn't lose his mind because they had a great car, and this is the first time they've had a hiccup on pit road. This has been a reoccurring issue for the 23 car, and I believe the fuse was longer than all of us understand, and he finally got to the end of his fuse. Now, the other side of the coin is it's still just unacceptable. Uh, the simple fact is... A lot of people spend a lot of money, a lot of men and women work a lot of hours to get the best finish possible. And when you get to that emotional state of frustration, while it can be defended at times, it then removes the opportunity of the best finish possible. That's really what we're talking about here. Let's take emotion out, right? If I'm Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, I am having a conversation with Booty. I am listening to his concerns, because like I said, Bubba's not wrong with some of the stuff he said. That's what makes this hard. But I'm confident in saying that Mike Wheeler and Booty Barker and 2311, I, I am confident they are trying to improve on their issues, right? I don't believe they're sitting on their hands just saying, right. well, it's magically going to get better. I believe they're trying. Bubba has every right to be frustrated. The point is there's a time and a place. And what happened in Nashville cost the 23 positions at the end of the race. And, you know, Execution is a great word, and we throw it around like it's easy to do. It is not. These races are very hard to not just win, but to execute. No, I won't even say flawlessly, just average. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to lose a race. So, so I love Bubba. They had a great car, great speed. I think that's what made the pain worse. But you cannot get to that point of communication. Mom, but you get to a point where you're, you're now <clears throat> doing added damage to yourself and your own race team. Yeah. I mean, look. Like, this is professional sports. It's the highest level of stock car racing, and it's not just for the drivers and the crew chiefs. It's the crews. It's everybody. This is the, the peak of the mountain is what we're doing right now. You, there's pressure for everybody to perform, and whether you're going over the wall or on the box. And when things don't go right, the frustration mounts, and then you've had maybe a struggle all year, and you're like, oh, here's some daylight. We finally got a good car. For him, they didn't get to qualify. It came from the back. All right, here he comes. Ooh, comes up. Ah, pit road. Like, all these things, to your point, mount. And it's not like Bubba's the first driver <laughs> to do it, and he won't be the last driver right. to get upset uh, with his crew for not executing. And their, their jobs are really hard. They got 10 seconds, and if you do your job longer than 10 seconds, then it's not good enough. That's really where we're at. So, you know, the frustration needs to be he's an emotional guy we know that he wears on his sleeve on his face on his body all over but you got to be able to control that in certain situations because you got to be a leader too and that's the other thing that i want to ask you like as a crew chief you're basically like a coach right you're, you're managing your people and that's something that we always talk about offsets like that was one of your best qualities how do you manage 
the people like that. Well, I think the most important thing is you let Bubba know that his analysis of the performance is not wrong. You let him know that you're not happy with it, you being the entire race team, right? We're, we're not okay with this, right? So we are trying to get better. But I think when it comes down to Bubba, I don't question his talent. I actually think his passion, while it can be encouraged at times, emotion and execution don't go well together. Uh, you know, I know that's hard to believe, but when you look at premier athletes in other sports and even the premier athletes within NASCAR, in my mind, they have become the meticulous type drivers. The drivers that are running well week in and week out are the ones that can control their emotion and continue to operate at a very high level. I think that's the next step for Bubba. I think he needs to work on that. The good news is I believe that's a learned skill set. You know, I worked very hard in my career to gain the skills of becoming calm on the radio to trying to lead a team, you know, and I think Bubba can get it. And, you know, listen, Bubba's under a lot of pressure. His teammates won. Michael Jordan was in the house, right? So the most famous athlete in the world who owns your race team is there. He have a fast race car. All the Toyotas are fat. Like I can see why it bubbled up. Um, this will be a turning point. I'll, I'll say it. This will be a T in the road for the 23 team. I think it can be a positive if they circle the wagons and improve and come out of here. But if it doesn't move forward positively, it can also be, you know, the splinter that kind of makes the season go apart. I think it's really up to that organization. We could talk about it all we want. It's what they do internally from here that really matters. It doesn't matter what we see. So I'll be really looking forward the next two or three weeks when things go bad, what the reaction is. As a crew chief, though, how do you not take those things personal? So I've always accepted the fact that I had the opportunity to climb off the pit box, get a water, take a deep breath, walk around. Drivers don't. Drivers are trapped in their vehicle. And it's very easy to feel like you're on an island. It's hot, you're by yourself. The only communication is non-personal. It's verbal over a radio. And you, you, you want it so bad. What makes Bubba a fan favorite is that passion, right? Mm -hmm. He wants it so bad. But we said this about Suarez a few weeks ago. How would Daniel Suarez run better? And I said, he needs to try even a little less. Just, just be yeah. confident in what you have. When I saw him at Sonoma in those closing laps, that's what he did. He just drove flow last lap. There was no mistakes, no overdriving. I think. That's what the 23 needs a little bit. Like, just, just, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you have to try it. As a crew chief, it's very hard. I, I'll applaud Booty because he could have easily flam, you know, fanned the flames and it could have turned into a force fire. It, he didn't. Um, and that's right, really, that's why we're talking about Bubba because if Booty snaps back, now we're talking about a more global thing. So, so Booty kind of did his part. Um, Mike Wheeler's going to have a busy week, right? He's going to have a busy week. Luckily for him, 45 had a good run. So, uh, I mean, look at us. So Kurt Busch, he's the calm driver, 2311. Look at Kurt Busch. Congratulations to veteran Kurt Busch. Just another solid day. Their other driver, though, they just need to have a little bit. But I think a lot of people believe in Bubba. He just needs to channel it the right way. This is not the first time that we've seen drivers and crew chiefs kind of go at it. I can name, I don't know how many. I think I'm on that list, actually, at some know. point. I don't know. I would assume so. It happens. You know, work with your driver pretty close. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, it will not be the last we hear about it, I'm sure. But, obviously, as Steve said, this could be a turning point. Um, well, one thing that may be a turning point as well with uh, the number of wins, we typically see a Hendrick driver kind of start this summer off. They may find their footing in July and August, and then it's like we turn on the heat burners. And one, one organization, one team there uh, tends to propel ahead of the others. So, Chase Elliott gets the win at Nashville. This is his second win of the 2022 season. His 2020 season, where he won the championship, tended to go on a hot streak after the summer months as well. Kyle Larson in 2021 tended to go on a hot streak in the summer months. Uh, but is Chase Elliott the top dog at Hendrick? Is this going to be the driver that uh, 
carries the banner there. Mama, you want to start with this one? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if he's the if he's the guy, but you have four guys that you got to go through. Like, if you're gonna win the championship this year, you gotta go see Hendrick. It's gonna you gotta go through. Not one of them, not the reigning champ, not the former champ, but all four of those guys. Uh, and that's a, that's a tough task when all four cars are running well and everyone has some swagger and they all are running well and they feel like they should be winning and the teams are, for the better part, executing and Cliff Daniels isn't even there and they're still doing what they need to do. It like That organization seems very locked in as we are running through the summer. If they can continue this, ooh. Playoff time, it's going to be really tough to knock off Hendrick. So I always ask myself, if, if you think one driver is better than the rest of the organization, who would you like to line up against in the front row to win a race? And I can't put any of the four Hendrick drivers as somebody that I would like to try to race against. And, and that's my short answer is saying, you know, to agree with Mamba, I, they have kind of four A drivers, right? And, and it's one thing to have an organization to have speed, but then when you can find consistency or at least the ability for one team to pick up if another team, like William Byron broke, Bowman got wrecked, and yet the other two were right there when it mattered most. They made adjustments into the evening, and the cars got better. So that's what makes Hendrick very difficult to race against. The other thing is I think we can evaluate on the outside who the lead guy is, but I believe on the inside there isn't even a lead guy. Right. Like I truly believe when those four drivers and crew chiefs sit down, they are thinking first the betterment of the organization. Now, selfishly, they want to be the winning driver, as they should, right? That's okay. But, and they race each other hard on the racetrack, which the fans should love. But I really believe, uh, you know, Jeff Andrews has been promoted. He's kind of the head of the place. Chad Knauss is the head of the competition. And what they're doing is giving a pathway for the drivers, crew chiefs, and engineers to do their job and chasing Allen. I mean, Allen's the longest tenured crew chief at Hendrick Motorsports. It was, he's a good friend of mine. He's been ups and downs. We've seen it all. He's been a champion. And he made the tough call to stay out to win the race. Uh, but I believe if, if they were to falter, then it was Larson. Or, and that's what makes this organization so difficult. Pick a track and a driver that you don't think they're going to have a shot at. And I think that's, that says a lot. One of my favorite parts of the broadcast last night, obviously besides listening to this glorious voice all, all night long. <laughs> this guy. Uh, Dave Burns interviewing Alan on the pit box after the call. And Alan was like, we're just going to see how it plays out. And I was like, and there it is. There's the zinger. You just want you just want AG to make the right call. And he did that last night. Well, that was Alan basically saying, hey, I'm going to give you an interview because you're the TV partner. We're going to give it to you. But if you think I'm going to give you like three minutes here, I'm really focused and and he was very polite to the point, had a little grin, but he turned right back around and it was what lane are we going to restart in? What does the driver need to do? Are we cooling the engine? Like, like he was engaged in that yeah. moment. We talk a lot about how you win races and we, we can joke about this, good cars and all that stuff. But those last, you know, five laps, that last restart, you do so much effort to be in the picture, to have a shot. Um, Chase Elliott, man, it was, I mean, great restart, flawless mm -hmm. finish. So, uh. It was good. It was fun to watch. It was a fun race. Uh, at, at halfway, if you said who was going to win, I'd had to give you like eight or ten names. Same. It was, it was kind of shocking. Yeah. Uh, it was also interesting to hear Eddie DeHaan and Chase kind of working through that uh, restart and letting Chase hear the throttles up and how, you know, it was cool. That's all I'm going to say. Um, uh, Chase is, however, still leading the regular season battle there. He's about 30 points ahead of Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano. So... Man, regular season championship goes a long way these days uh, when it comes to making it to the championship four and the Phoenix. All right, rapid response powered by five hour energy. This first one, good luck to you both. Let's rank our current top four organizations. 
So this is not specific number teams. This is as a whole. So we're talking Hendrick, Trackhouse, 2311, Joe Gibbs Racing. You get it. I don't think this is that hard. Really? Uh, go ahead. Um, I'm a stats guy. Hendrick, most multiple time winners. They got four in the playoffs. So how could you not? You just said, hey, are four Gibbs cards going to make it? You couldn't say yes. Four Hendrick cards are definitely in, so they're number one. Uh, right behind them, Joe Gibbs Racing. Speed, consistency. Uh, the ones who haven't won, Truex is a champ. And I think Bell has some pretty good speed, so I'm going to put Gibbs second. They have the force of Toyota behind them. Trackhouse is third nipping at the heels of Gibbs. If they had three cars, maybe I'd move them up, but their two cars are running well. And I think Penske's fourth um, just because of how they've run. But if Kevin Harvick continues to run like he did and can get Briscoe back up there, I would have them maybe beating Penske or matching Penske. But right now, I think you'd have to go Hendrick Gibbs, Trackhouse, Penske. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I like Hendrick. I think you got to give Trackhouse more, I think. What they're doing this so year is, your number one. yeah, Hendrick is still the number. I mean, like you're gonna have to. I just said I can't. I can't say you gotta go through Hendrick for the championship and not put them number one, yeah. right? So it's Hendrick, Trackhouse, and like I think if Trackhouse had a little bit more experience, maybe one more team, then I could maybe put them more with Hendrick. But it's Hendrick, Trackhouse. Uh, I would say Gibbs, and then Stuart Haas, Penske. I, I'm gonna give it to Penske because. The 22 has a win, a couple wins. The two has a Daytona 500, and then the 12 is having a great year points-wise historically for us. And because Blaney drives it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know that's my guy, so I. No, gotta, no, but I will know. say here, here's I, this is a real opinion though. I think that while what Trackhouse is doing is great, I think that our expectation of Gibbs and Hendrick is so high that that's we true. grade them tougher true. than but we do should. the new team. I don't agree. No, you shouldn't. Oh. When you line up on Sunday, I don't care if you're brand new, if you've been here 20 years, the sport doesn't care. Show me what you can do today. But what Trackhouse has been doing every weekend and every Sunday puts them above, for me, above Gibbs. Okay, we'll see. It's good. It's impressive. It is good. No shame. No shame. Sassy, we'll see. Love it. Uh, okay, next up, one, actually two pieces of silly season news fell during the Nashville weekend. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will remain in the 47 for a multi-year. Uh, the year exact number was not given out, but he will be at JTG for the foreseeable future. And then another uh, announcement, which I was kind of surprised about, and I got the, like, duh, by all of you that tweeted at me, but Martin Truex Jr. is staying at least through 2023. It's okay to be surprised. I was so uh, surprised. I don't think it was a lock. I mean, I was Thank shocked you. if he didn't come back, but it, yeah, no, I didn't think it was a lock at all. Not a lock. I'm, I'm on it. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think he was coming back. I thought I, I didn't yeah. think I did. I, I just thought he was. He hadn't. He was done. I just thought he. Was, I will say this. I thought it was a coin flip. Same. But I loved when we asked him about it. He just looked happy. He looked like he looked at peace with his decision. He said Whatever he had time to make it. It's great when you see an athlete of his caliber get to make his own decisions. Yeah. You don't always see that in sports. Yeah. So the fact that he, from everything we understood, was the guy that made the decision, I think that's going to be good for Truex. My yeah. comeback was is that like if he would have announced that he was retiring, you wouldn't have been like, oh, my gosh, Martin Truex. Is, like, you wouldn't have been that shocked. But on the flip side, he's coming back. You're not that shocked. I'm so. Yeah, I'm definitely 60-40. I would have been. I'm, a, I'm more shocked that he's coming back yeah. than that he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. point for Well, earlier in the season, I'm not going to, I'm going to bring it up. We know how Steve Letarte feels about Martin Truex Jr. and maybe not maybe. No, no, wait a minute. Hold on Not as a person. I was asked to give a bold <laughs> prediction at the beginning of the year yes, about yes, veterans. So I wasn't wrong about some veterans not winning. Like, we have had a wave. Now, listen, I didn't have track. I'm not that. My crystal ball wasn't that no, good. No. I didn't have track house <laughs> winning with both cars and all of those things. Um. And I think we have seen some 
veterans, I don't want to say struggle, but you have, they're learning a new car, right? Yeah, and sure. I think that curve is there. Um, but the 19 has run well enough to have won a race. Now, they haven't won races. A caution got them at Vegas. I think that one was kind of mm -hmm. in hand. Agreed. A couple pit calls, a little bit of a stumble this week, maybe if they would have pitted and started on the front row. But he had a great car. Um, I think the 19 car, much like Blaney, those two are my next two winners of the regular season. They're going to win at some point. You can't run this well and not win. Right. Um, but, yeah, and I think that whatever – look, deciding what length – I had to do this. There was a year that I sat here and decided if my career was going to continue or not on top of the pit box, and that is an emotional decision. Yeah. And I think now that that decision is made, whatever, you know, he seems good with it, I think now it's just, okay, now, now let's make a run. Let's make the playoffs. Let's win some races. So it's going to be interesting to see, not to mention the Toilers were fast. So everything's kind of pointing the right way for MTJ. We are MTJ fans here at this table. There's no denying that. Uh, but is he poised for a deep playoff run? So I will say that even with his lack of a win currently, if you're ever going to bounce back, this is the year. And it's simply because no one has a huge playoff point advantage. In years past, if you were Martin Truex Jr. currently – outside of the win column, but inside of the playoffs, your lack of playoff points would put you so far behind the Harvick dominant years, even the Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. dominant years. Yeah. They had this blueprint. Now you're looking at like 13 points is the most advantage anyone has currently moving in. So while races are continuing to run out and someone may fill that bucket up, if he can lock himself in and kind of, he can easily, like we're talking 13 points. So if he goes, wins a couple stages and wins, and then wins maybe Atlanta back to back, boom, now he's tied for the playoff lead. So the question is, will he make a deep playoff run? Surprisingly, 17 weeks in, even winless, I think the opportunity is still out there. Other years, Mamba, I couldn't have said that. I would think that door has closed. Not this year, it's pretty much wide open. Yeah, we talked about it um, off camera, which is normally when you get to the round of eight and then you go to four, you have to win to get to that round of four. Like normally, and normally you also know kind of who is there, right? To your point, there's one guy that's probably in on point. So now everyone else is trying to fill those other three spots. This year, when we get to the round of eight, it's kind of be like, I don't if know we who's going to. We can pick eight. Yeah. We have no problem picking eight. I just don't can know you? who's. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be out of that eight to win, though. Like, I don't know who's going to get in. Yeah. And it could be someone outside of that eight because right. we're at. Well, how many, how many, we have, how many winners are we at right now? Because we're at 12, right? Okay, so we got nine races left. We can get more. There's plenty of, there's plenty yeah. of races left to go. We can get more. So I don't know who that's going to be necessarily, and I don't think it will be exactly around eight guy to get in winning yeah. that way. The one thing I will add on, on Truex, when they interviewed him, not only did he talk about time and making the decision, when he moved it right forward, he didn't talk about winning a race. He talked about the championships that he was so close to winning, the multiple seconds. Mm -hmm. And while that may not seem like much to the fan, the fact that he's not even talking about victory lane tells me that he, he's so confident that they're going to get back there yeah. that that's not even in question, yeah. which is spectacular if you're a Martin Truex fan. He's already thinking about the big trophies that he has won one and a couple pit stops away from, what, two or three championships. Very easy to make him a multi-time champion. I thought that was telling, right? He's already passed – this isn't about winning races. He wants the big trophy. It says a lot about where he is, and I think that's a good sign. It's all about rings, baby.
And he's still talkative because if you know MTJ at all, you know I'm coming back is a very long sentence for MTJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have just, I mean, he could have just, I'm back. Yeah. Could have just went it, Michael Jordan. Look, could have lost a word. If it was, if it was Paul Menard, it would have just been the paper, and you would just assume he was coming back. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, those were the two pieces of silly season that fell into place this past weekend, and there will be more to come. And I think a big question mark is. Uh, his teammate over there with the 18. So which domino is next to fall in silly season? We're looking at maybe the 10 of Eric Amarola. That seat obviously has to be filled over there at Stuart Haas Racing. And then I can't believe I'm saying this. We still don't have a deal for Kyle Busch. So uh, Mamba, what domino falls next? I am. Yeah, from, he's, from he's the genie. Yeah, let me let me let me use let me use your crystal ball real quick. Yeah. Uh, looks real cloudy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean I. You would think that it would be the 18 because they want to get that locked in and have that done, but it's been going all year, so there's no reason What's why. What's the holdup there, do you think? Money? Uh, probably. I mean, it usually comes down to money, but selfishly, I would love to see Kyle Busch as a cup owner. Like, I would love to see that. So um, maybe that, KB, maybe that's what's holding you up, and you're trying to figure that out. I don't know. But then there's a 10. I don't know where who's going to fall in that. I don't, like, what direction does Ford want to go and Stuart Haas, do they want to go young? Are they waiting for Kyle Busch to decide what's going on there? Because they have worked, as far as the communications team, they've worked with Kyle for a long time. So I'm not sure, but it's interesting that they haven't really shown any signs of anything, and it might be they're waiting on the 18 to that was do their deal. right there. Clickbait. We should get that printed on a shirt. Mm. Look, the 18 uh, was a little clearer before we heard Trex was coming back, mm. in my mind. David Wilson had some interesting comments in the media this week about Truex, about Kyle, about how he you know, really cared about both of those veterans, how they don't feel like they've given them everything they've needed to execute in certain times. Um, and David Wilson's really, really smart. If you don't know, head of TRD, it seemed like a very calculated statement that he would love to have both those drivers back who wouldn't. Um, Truex is back. We knew it was his decision. Now it gets more interesting for Kyle. There's no doubt Kyle Busch has talent. It comes down to Moneyball. It comes down to where is Kyle Busch in his career? How much money, now that Eminem Mars has said they're not returning on the 18, how much money can you raise for Kyle Busch and can you afford to have him as your driver? It's not a question of do you want Kyle Busch to drive yeah, your yeah, car. There's yeah. not an organization out there be like, oh, yeah, no, that's not the guy I don't want behind the wheel. Yeah. But you can't just pick Kyle Busch behind the wheel. You have to take Kyle Busch on the radio, Kyle Busch behind the wheel, Kyle Busch's resume, Kyle mm -hmm. Busch's championships, and guy. Kyle Busch's business yeah. who's going to demand a pretty hefty salary. So the question is, I believe, can they raise enough capital to hire Kyle Busch for whatever he thinks he's worth. He's probably not wrong in his value. And it really comes down to where is Kyle Busch most valuable? Mm -hmm. At Joe Gibbs Racing, at Stuart Haas, or at somewhere else that we're unaware of? Because like, that's really what, it, it, you know, business is business is business. We want it to be a motion, but it isn't. Kyle Busch would be silly to not make as much as he can make late in his career. I mean, whatever he, wherever we think he is on the curve, he's not still climbing. I mean, he's done this a long time, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think he still has great talent, so that's going to have to be figured out. The 10 is really the, the only seat we know that's open. Um, you mentioned the Ricky Stenhouse news. I think it's great for Ricky. I think it's a great right. match for JTG. Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts out there, so it's, it's interesting. The Truex thing kind of muddies it all up, and you yeah. have Ty Gibbs waiting in the wings. I, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But I will say that 
they can say it's not a distraction all they want. It's a distraction. There's no way it isn't. Even if it isn't, every week, even yeah. if it isn't for Kyle, even if he can compartmentalize it, and even if Coach can. Yeah. What about the crew guys? Yeah. What if your Kyle Busch is tire changing? You know, like, like, do you want a crew for Ty Gibbs? Do you love Kyle? Are you there because you think Kyle can? You know, right. like, they are human beings. They're emotions. They have families. They like, they all have things they have to carry around with them every day. This is a distraction around this organization and this team. Um, I think, like I said, the 19 is going to move forward because the distraction's gone. Now the distraction's moved to the 18. And the spotlight just got brighter because it was shed over two cars. <laughs> that was kind of really focused. So from the business side of things, does the decision happen sooner rather than later? Or are we talking about this two months from now? No, if we're talking about this two months from now, we have way bigger, they're going to have way bigger issues at Joe Gibbs Racing. I think that's what they know yeah. is, is, I don't think Kyle Busch will wait two more months. Hmm. I don't think Joe Gibbs wants to wait two more months. I don't think Toyota wants to, you know, I think there's some dominoes that are going to move. The 10 is really the one. We talk about Kyle because he's Kyle. But, yeah. but, I mean, I don't think we're out of turn. You know, the 10 has publicly said he's retiring. So that seat is open. I think. Last time I knew, Gene Hawes had a lot of money. Uh, just a little bit. So, like. I, I would say, I would say this, too. Like, pay attention to what happens with the 10. Because if the 10 gets filled before the 18, I think that's telling. Also, Kyle, just a huge favor. If you are going to announce 7 p.m. on a Friday, mm, let's do it like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. What do you like? Let's do it on backseat driver on a Monday morning. Just come join us. <laughs> exactly. I'll step out. You can have my seat. After a win. Right. How about that? Come on. Uh, it, 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 you know, the business is it's interesting. It's yeah, very interesting it times. Is. It's fun. It's a lot of politics mm -hmm. underneath. The well, it used there. to be so easy to say. And then Justin Mark oh, yeah. starts a team, takes two drivers that have never won, two crew chiefs that never won, to put all of them in the playoffs. So... I think those are things that muddy up the waters for these other executives to make yeah. what used to be more confident decisions, easier sellable decisions. Now you're like, wow, maybe should we, should we, just, what should we do? We're going to make a team. Yeah. Well, I know people that aren't concerned, that's Rowdy Nation. You know that your driver will be in the Cup Series, so it's just a matter of where he'll be next season. All right, Backseat Bets presented by BetMGM. You can also scan the QR code that you see here on your screen. You can scan that to make picks, play along with us. You can also get an alert, which will let you know when these Backseat Bets articles go up on NASCAR.com every single week. So not only can you talk to Steve Mamba and the Backseat crew here, but you can also play along with us because – the only person here at the table that's really good at these is Steve, apparently. Hey, my fantasy you're team. You're actually pretty good. Oh, I just want to point out, good. I wasn't here, but I'll screenshot it and put it on social. <laughs> four for four in <laughs> my heads-up <laughs> picks on my fantasy team. I'm four proud of four I'm, last week. I'm proud of you, big dog. You know why I say that? Because it took 17 weeks. Yeah, exactly. four yeah, yes. He knows exactly yeah. which week it was. <laughs> Man. Well, this first one is interesting, just strictly for the fact of what happened on Twitter. Um, Corey Joy versus Alex Bowman, a not good race car driver apparently, versus a guy who wants to sell t-shirts. I don't know what we're going here. Uh, Corey LaJoy versus Alex Bowman. I mean Bowman. Unless LaJoy is going to junk Bowman again, I think Bowman, Bowman just for, A, he wins a bunch of races, he runs up front, he drives for Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, you're going to take Alex Bowman. It's Bowman, 48. Yeah, agreed. We'll both somehow be wrong. What's wrong with these picks? But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Road America, though. This is for Road America head-to-heads. So. A lot of gravel pits around there. That's I see true. Your day can go Making back a quick. mistake there is pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, so. but Bowman, listen, I, I don't know why I never seem to give Bowman credit. He wins two or three races every year. I'm going to give Bowman the credit yeah. here that I believe this is, that's this not is a really, one-sided Yeah, that's not credit. That's just like smart. That's just, Thank you. Like, Same. All right, next up, these two also had an incident on the racetrack at Nashville, and this was 
the sassiness I never really saw coming between Chase Briscoe and Ty Dillon, who edges out the 14 or the 42? It's the 14 for me. I mean, he's he's shown he's good on road courses. He already has a win this year. He's one of the more rising stocks in the sport. Um, it's Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe for sure. But I will say Ty had every right to be upset. Yeah. He did nothing mm. wrong. Chase wrecked him. Not yeah. on purpose. No. Um, wrong place, wrong time. But I love Chase, and I love his style. But if I was a crew chief, I'd be like, hey, man, let's just try to stay a little off the radar for a few weeks just because, uh, you know, you just don't want to – other people see it as my point. Yeah. It, like, I don't think he's a dirty driver. No. He doesn't mean anything of it, which, which is the, kind of the reason I'm, I'm tiptoeing around him. Uh, if, I, if he did it on purpose, I would definitely be more direct. But I don't think he did it on purpose. But, man, you just got to – Let's let's try to just stay off the radar for a few weeks. We're it? in just the playoffs. Give me some laps. Give me well, no, 50. here's the thing. Let's look at it this way. Give me 50. I would tell him we are playoff bound. Yeah. Why are we making the 42 mountains? Yeah. We're playoff bound. Mm -hmm. Let's not make any enemies. Let's like let's just kind of work our way through here. It Do wasn't you say on the purpose. Same thing to Ross? I think Ross absolutely. Ross, if you're going to make an enemy, it better come with a trophy. Hmm. I think that's the problem I have with Ross. It's it's Ross is Ross, but if we're going to make someone mad, Let's not do it for third or fifth. And he almost said that in his interview, he right? Did, Pick and yeah. choose his moments. If you're, if like, if we're defending the move you make, let's defend it when we're <sighs> polishing the trophy and put it on the case because it's easier defendable. It's hard to defend, you know. Third place. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, fifth place, tenth place. The good, good runs, but it's not worth that. Yeah. Probably. yeah agreed. Uh, I'm also going Chase Briscoe, so look for the 42 to be strong at Rick America. All three picked him. Uh, next up, Kyle Busch versus Christopher Bell, the 18 versus the 20. A lot of talk right now about Kyle Busch. Obviously, he is, as Steve pointed out, there's a spotlight there, but there's always a spotlight on Kyle Busch, so who are you going with? Uh, it's actually closer uh, like, I than I would initially anticipate because Christopher Bell actually runs relatively good on road courses. Um, but it's hard. I can't ever go against Kyle Busch because it's Kyle Busch. So I'm going Kyle Busch because it's Kyle Busch. So crazy enough, I'm also going Kyle Busch, but not because of the drivers. I think Bell will have the pace that Busch has. Yeah. I said this on television yesterday, and I'm sure there's at least five guys that are not happy with me, but Christopher Bell's pick crew has to be more consistent. Yeah. Um, it's ranked just barely inside the top 15. When you look at the numbers, Christopher Bell and Jogo's racing – need to be better than that if you think you're going to win up front. So um, I'm going to pick the 18 just because I think across the board they're they're stronger. But but this is not as easy of a pick no. as it once Agreed. might have been. Yeah, it, it looks on paper, you're like, oh, that's easy. And then you're like, oh, the track and the team, that's kind of close. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joe Gibbs Racing has not had the success on a road course with this next-gen car. Uh, so this one was tough for me, but I'm going to go just to shake it up, the 20 of Christopher Bell. Why not? Uh, this next one is going to be the fan vote. So who you guys want to see the matchup with the reigning winner here in the NASCAR Cup Series. He's the latest multi-win winner, Chase Elliott, in the nine. So this one's tough to pick. But let's just say the field versus Chase Elliott. I don't think Chase Elliott wins, so I'll take the field. And if I'm fan voting, I would like to see him matched up. I could give you two shots, right? Let's match him up against Truex. Yeah. The road, you know, the road racers of the past, which really haven't have been as dominant as of late. Or I'll give you another one. I'll go back to my track house. Let's say Ross Chastain, because he seems to always be up front there. Mm -hmm. I think that would be another good matchup. But uh, look, Chase Elliott's done a great job. 
why would he go back to back? No one can seem to do it in 22. So right. this isn't a knock on chase. Yeah. This is the season in which we have. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the field be, because mainly because he hasn't had the same pace that he did on road courses as he did before. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of random. Plus, my winner is in the field this week, so I'm going to hold I'm going to hold got a winner. I got a winner pick, so I'm going to hold that. So I'm going field. Interesting that we're doing a fan vote that doesn't involve Chase Elliott because obviously we knew what would happen if the fan vote did <laughs> Chase Elliott. All right, Road America is up next. So a road course, we uh, have the momentum in the nine camp right now, and we're heading to a road course, which he is now the concrete king that we've now dubbed him. Mm. I don't know who said that. Who said that? I, I'm an, I don't, not me. I'm not <laughs> Not me. Rick. Yeah. Maybe Rick. I'll give it Maybe to Rick. Maybe Rick. <laughs> the driver who couldn't win on an oval. He has more wins on an oval than he does on a road course now. I'll see. Hmm. Yeah. Just saying. All right. All right. Well, it's like we all forgot he's a champion, too. I know. He's pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, and he won an Xfinity Championship, too. Like, he's a, he's a NASCAR champion. Yeah. Well, anyways, Road America. And whether or not you're picking Chase Elliott, let's hear your victory lane picks for the road course on July 4th weekend. Who wants to go first? I think we got the same guy. Nope. Okay, cool. I'm confident we don't. Okay, good, because I'm always going. You guys stopped writing it down on your paper. <laughs> See? I'm, if he's in the field on a road course, I'm picking him. Give me AJ Almondinger all the time. He At Sonoma, he ran that whole race, most of that race, no without power steering and was running 10th and dropped one wheel on the last lap and finished further back. So give me power steering. Give me Dinger. Give me a win. Okay, so for sure, Amendinger, great pick. My emotional pick is Alex Bowman. He got taken out at Coda, running really, really he, well. He, he just got wrecked last week. Maybe this is the bounce back he needs. But if you want a sleeper, Austin Sindrick. Oh. Road America, Austin Sindrick is going to be my pick. I'm going for the driver of the two. Daytona 500 kickoff. Go to Road America, 4th of July weekend. The two car will win. So wait. I didn't even write it down. I didn't I, even. I'm not shocked because at the very first show, she picked Cindric to win Road America. She said he would win two road courses. I don't think it's right. I mean, here's why I'm going to tell you, right? Because <laughs> it, 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 Road America has the least amount, of cup, no, least amount yeah. of cup experience, right? It's not Watkins Glen. It's not yeah, Sonoma. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of cup experience. Yeah, yeah. He runs really well at Road America. He has a lot of experience there. And here's the other thing. Of all the drivers, I think he has the least amount of enemies in the field. I don't think there's anyone that is like, oh, I'm coming after Austin Sindrick. So why not? Look, trying to pick a winner this week is basically like throwing a dart. I mean, anybody could do it. Dinger's not bad. Boma's emotional. But I'm... This yeah. is me playing the violin. And we talked to him to my ear. over Zoom, and he was fired up about Road America. So you convinced me. Of course he is. This is his, like, this is, this is Austin Sindrick's shot right here to get another win. I wish we could roll the tape back right now and just put it up on this, this big go. monitor here. I knew, I knew but it. At, before she, the Daytona 500, I said, yes, Austin Sindrick wins a race this year. And it's at Road America. She did pick it. I would have changed my pick if I knew I was giving her ammunition to be right. I'm telling you right now, if she's right, I might not come in next week. I might, stay, right. I might stay on the boat. So my winning pick, Austin Sendrick in the two for Road America. Come on, Sendrick, don't let me down. Picked it back in January, you guys. Yo, January. If he, if he doesn't run the top 20, you got to bring in like, some boat I will. something for me for breakfast. I will. I'll do, I'll, I'll do something. Uh, all right. Well, it's going to be an exciting holiday weekend. It's July 4th at Road America with NASCAR. If you can find me something more America than that, I will also bring you Bojangles for breakfast.
Uh, make sure and tune in this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on USA. This one will be in the booth. You can hear all the action uh, on USA. It's been pretty cool on USA. I don't know why that's cool to me, but. It's been a fun transition. We got the Austin Dillon documentary out there showing some personalities. The USA uh, family's been great to work with. The fans are come out. It, listen, and how can it not be cool to start at Nashville? Great town, yeah. great time. Other than, Mommy, you were supposed to control the weather. Yeah. You failed. Sorry, I also didn't, I was supposed to have my boots out and I didn't make it out either. So. <laughs> All right, well enjoy the road course racing at Road America. Happy 4th of July and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week, actually on the 4th. We'll celebrate the 4th with you guys right here on Monday. Tune in. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Backseat Drivers. Make sure to rate, review, and follow to stay up to date on each new episode dropping every Monday.